Hello, you're listening to the Ace Up Your Sleeve podcast. My name is Riken Young, a student of the Acting Company for Excellence and host of the Ace Up Your Sleeve podcast. Today, we are talking to Major Attaway. Mr. Attaway is best known as Broadway's longest-running genie in Disney's Aladdin. He played the iconic role from 2017 up until 2020. Mr. Attaway is also a TV, film, and voice actor from Fort Worth, Texas. Off-Broadway, he played Fatty Arbuckle in NYCC Encore's production of Mac and Mabel and the voice of Audrey II in Little Shop of Horrors. Mr. Attaway can also be seen in the Netflix original series Orange is the New Black, the film Carter High, as well as the first season of Time Traveler's Wife. Mr. Attaway is here at NTPA to direct Hairspray. The musical is a part of NTPA's Diversity in Action production series. Welcome, Mr. Attaway. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone out there. <laughs> so, to begin, you've had quite an accomplished career, and I want to talk more about that in a minute, but my first question is, what sparked your interest in theater? Oh, my. Well, I think uh, early on, uh, I was an only child, and so definitely my imagination was my best friend growing up. And I would say, particularly in theater, let me think. Um, I did probably church plays before anything else, but I think that there was a woman at our church who suggested to my mother that I go to Casa Mignana uh, in Fort Worth and audition there because my elementary school and middle school were the adopted schools of Casa Mignana in Fort Worth. So we got to do some special things there. Got to audition for special classes and stuff like that. Well, interesting. So yeah. were, were there um, like any particular shows that you would do there? Oh, yes. Well, the <laughs> well, we would have like theater classes that, you know, would happen throughout the week. Um, but some of the first shows I did there were Babe the Sheep Pig. I was a sheep mm. rustler. Um, and uh, what else? I was in Tom Sawyer, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Ooh. I was in Big River, you know, essentially the <laughs> follow up to that. Exactly. Um, and I did I did a lot of other work. I helped, you know. From backstage, front of house, under the stage. Like, I was a, a assistant for Frosty the Snowman, an assistant for um, when they did, um, what's it called? Oh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever the young lady gets eaten, in the stage production, she gets eaten by squirrels, right? Mm -hmm. And so, when they got eaten by squirrels, I was underneath the stage, and I was the squirrels. So oh, I was the no. one who threw out her clothing and threw shoes into the audience. <laughs> I hit a kid one day, and that was that went pretty terribly. But <laughs> there you go. He did forgive me because he still had a blast. So that was great. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you're best known as Broadway's longest-running genie in Disney's Aladdin. How did you land that role? My goodness. Um, actually, that's one of, I mean, it, it happens to be my life, but it is one of the favorite stories I've, mm -hmm. <laughs> I've heard and lived through. Uh, so I grew up here in DFW, and all the work that I did up until New York, essentially, was here in Texas. And so I was doing a production of Hands on a Hard Body in Dallas at Theater 3. Um, and that show is about Texas, so it, it's mm -hmm. just perfect for all of this. It's about East Texas, if you don't know... Um, it, they used to have a competition in East Texas where everyone put their hands on a pickup truck and whoever kept their hand on the truck the longest wins the truck. And Oh, interesting. That's it. That's what the musical is about, right? It's very interesting. Um, Doug Wright wrote that show. And Doug Wright is from Texas, so he came to see our production of the show. And after the show, he said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be the genie in Aladdin on Broadway. You have to ask what, for what you want, kids, and be specific. 
Yes. Okay. And he said, you'd be great. I did not know that he worked for Disney. Wow. I did not know that he wrote the book for Little Mermaid on Broadway. Right. So we leave each other. And then uh, he sends me an email a month later and says, Major, I just had lunch with Tom Schumacher, the head of Disney's theatricals, and uh, dropped your name because they're talking about replacement genies. Two months after that, I get an audition packet from Disney. And they say, learn this. And then two months go by. Um, uh, auditions happen. I can't go. I send a tape. And they said, uh, they called me back in an hour. And they said, tape looks good. Will you come next week for final callbacks mm -hmm. to be the standby for Jeannie Babcock on Broadway? Wow. So I gave up a gig. And then I ended up going. Uh, they flew me up there. I did the auditions. And uh, that was September uh, two, September 15th, uh, 2015. And by October 11th, I was cast in the show and headed to, um, to go work out for, for, for 10 weeks to mm -hmm. lose 50 pounds, to be able to fit through the hole in the stage. Oh my gosh. Uh, and I made my Broadway debut March 20th, 2016 as the genie. And I knew ahead of time because um, James took a day off so that my family could see me. Because as a standby, you know, your job is to be there in case something goes wrong. You don't always know when you're going to go on the show. Of course. So I was lucky enough to be one of very few people who can say that their Broadway debut was as the genie in Aladdin on Broadway. Even the Tony winner can't say that. Wow. Wild. Yeah, there you go. So that's how I got the role. That's incredible. <laughs> Dan, that's also like an awesome process. Yeah, there's not many people, you're right, in the world who can say, hey... My first ever Broadway role, Genie. That's like it. that's huge. First show, they put me on a bus. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Pretty pretty strange. Yeah. The um, I was I was Genie a while ago, and yeah. I remember it was one of my dream roles for a long time, because I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of Robin Williams, yes. and I also heard uh, James Monroe Iglehart, and also you, and I was so inspired by you particularly on like your oh. style. So thanks, man. Just to let you know, I took I took quite a bit of inspiration. <laughs> it's a special thing to um, you know have the nostalgia that comes with with Robin Williams because he is. Mm -hmm you know, a specific entity in this world of comedy. So that's a special thing. And that's why they didn't try to repeat that on the stage mm -hmm. and allowed us to. Really, it goes back to the original design of the character. Before, when they made the movie Aladdin, before that Robin Williams came in and changed their minds, uh, the genie was a song and dance man. He was closer to Cab Calloway than he was to what Robin Williams made him. So that's the version they went back to for the Broadway show. Yeah, I definitely respect that change too, because it's. I mean, to be frank, no one could do almost what Robin Williams did. Like the and how many impressions did they say they did? It was like he did like three per minute or something insane like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you performed Genie more than fifteen hundred times. How do you perform the same role fifteen hundred times? I mean, it has to be exhilarating and exhausting. You're well. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, well, you you begin to treat yourself, you know, like an athlete. You know, if you if you're working on a Broadway show, that's uh, eight shows a week with one day to recover, and in between there, you have to live a full life. You know, um, you have to physical therapy, uh, um, and you know, make sure you're eating what you need to eat. Maybe voice lessons, maybe auditions for for television and film or or like it was often I would spend my mornings in the voiceover booth on a Friday mm. or a Thursday and Friday spend mornings in the voiceover booth till noon and then you know go sleep and be quiet for hours so that you could go scream all night as the genie exactly uh, so so yeah it's you 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 would cater your life to the work that needs to be done 
that that's how it happens, you know. And we, if we're talking mentally, as like the you know, in an, from an acting standpoint, um, uh, for me, the genie was very special in the fact that if his power is as unlimited as I believe it is, then I get to determine how the magic comes out of my body. Exactly. Right? And so what yeah. I'm the decision I made with myself is that my version of the genie does not know what fatigue feels like based on his magic powers fatigue doesn't exist in his body right exactly yeah so that means if my body happens to be fatigued in any way and the genie doesn't recognize it that means he will still use whatever motion needs to happen maybe it's broader maybe it's shorter but it's still at the same intensity to, mm -hmm. to achieve the necessary result, which is usually to make it look like I just made that fire happen that's a few feet away, or that I made these walls move, or things like that. So that that's, for me, it was that. It was the fact that I'm playing this character. I don't have to, you know, I get to cater that energy every day. Because it's still a mm -hmm. great place to be mentally to play the genie, not either way, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's like, whatever life um, that is with me when I get to the door, I have to manipulate that so that I can do what I need to do. Yeah. Would you have any advice for any kids? Because I know there are some days where, um, even for us, like we, um, students tend to have, whenever there's like a two-doche, like we have to do two shows uh, in one day, sometimes that can like fatigue some of the actors, especially those who are like single cast. Mm -hmm. Would there be any advice that you would recommend to like an actor who's doing a second show maybe in a day and is feeling a little lackluster? Um, yes. Well, first, re rest cannot be replaced, you know. It's very uh, important. And I understand, you know, when, when you're young, it is easy to find stored energy and continue to use that, right? But if you're looking at this as work, you know, you're using this whole body as an instrument, you have to recharge it and reset it so that you can do that marathon run um, and get your body in the shape to, to have the muscle memory, you know? Mm -hmm. For me, it's about efficiency. The more muscle memory you have, the more efficient you are when it comes to getting back in the mindset for the show or physically warming your body back up to do the same dance or the same kick over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, I think it's a practice in, in efficiency is what it is. Um, but I would say rest, kids. Rest and hydrate. And natural anti-inflammatories are good. Oh. Th things things that will help you heal without slowing you down, you know, without slowing down your body to, to you know, need more blood produced or all those different things, mm -hmm. you know, like ginger and turmeric and arnica and bromelain. These are things that if you're using your voice a lot, um, I was taught, you know, by not only voice coaches, but as well as um, ENTs. They, those are the, some of the same things that they said need to be in everybody's, every singer's body. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And I know it can be like very taxing to sing every single day. So you definitely got to rest up. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you're also a TV and film actor. What is the difference between playing an actor on TV and film versus an actor on Broadway? Honestly, for me, the the, the work is the same. And I'll be I'll be specific when I say that. I mean, we are you know, we're still storytelling, you know, Um if I'm on stage and my character's outside, I'm imagining I'm outside. But if I'm on set and my character's outside, we're probably just outside, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> so then I get to use that. Um, so, and for me, I've, I've spent so very long doing um, theater that that is 
probably more ingrained into my body but of course that's what this current transition in life is about I've been able to get behind the camera a lot more recently and so mm -hmm. it's uh, I don't know I'm having I'm having a lot of fun but that's what I'm noticing is, as the the bigger difference is you get more chances to adjust things you know be on set and we'll do the same scene even though the same scene is only a minute or so long, you have to do it, you know, 15 times for all of the different angles that they might possibly use. And then the whole scene might not make it in the show. So, <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so they can that's cut a, things so quick. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a different, it's a different type of mental game. Um, but, yeah, the, the work is still, the mindset is still the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing I've always wondered is theater is always so like circumstantial. Like it's whatever happens, whenever it happens, and whatever happens. So is there any like some sort of ad living? Like if a person like messes up, do they immediately stop it, or do they allow the actors kind of like some little bit of wiggle room to? Speak? Uh, it just depends on on the the situation. Like mm -hmm. it depends on like the the story being told, the um, relationship between actor and director and things like that. Like, you know, because nowadays there's a lot of um, pieces that it's encouraged uh, for, for people to be able to improv and things like that. So that's, that's, yeah, that's what I would say. And I had the opportunity to attend a workshop you gave at NTPA where you talked about what makes a good audition. Could you share a few of those audition techniques with us? Um, sure, sure. I would say, let's see, just for a quick example. Oh, maybe like doing research on your director. And this maybe could be a little intense, but sometimes I will look at who's about to direct what I'm auditioning for and then see what they have directed over the past year. And the reason I do that is to check and see if any of my go-to songs in my book are something that they've probably heard a thousand times in the last six months, you know, mm -hmm. based on an audition or based on having to direct it. And, you know, if, if they're fresh off of directing that show, something will linger, you know? So exactly. I, I just want to be, I want to bring a completely fresh experience into every audition I have because that's where I have the most control. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where I get to say, for these 90 seconds, um, I'm telling you this story and this is the story you're going to get. You know, I, I am, all, and also, this is, ooh, this is a good secret. I, it's not really a secret. It's funny I say that. <laughs> but uh, I like to gender, gender flip when I choose pieces. Interesting. As in, I use auditions to sing songs that I, will never be cast as because it's literally a character I cannot play. I couldn't always find great songs for me growing up. So I would just take, I was like, oh, they, they wrote a song for this soprano again. Well, I'm just going to sing this in, in the same key down the octave. Yep. There, now it's mine. <laughs> Aha. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not going to say what songs, but I will say that much. And finally, what advice do you have for NTPA students who want to break into film, TV, or even Broadway? I would say networking is key, meaning pay attention to how you treat other people in this business, mm -hmm. as well as never quit. If you are going to be an actor, then be an actor. Don't say I'm an aspiring actor. I never said that growing up. Oh, I want to be an actor. No, I'm going to be an actor and be it. And whatever you get to define what that means. Wow, that's that's a really good response. I, I really actually, I really appreciate that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now, Mr. Attaway, it is time in the Ace Up Your Sleeve podcast where we ask every guest the same five quick questions. You must answer every question quickly and without explanation. Are you ready? Born ready. <laughs> now, what was the name of the first show you ever performed? 
Lost in Disneyland World. Lost in Disney World, I played this punk kid who convinced all the kids to stay in Disney World overnight. Hmm. What is your favorite show? Walking Dead? <laughs> oh, okay. musical? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Sweeney Todd. Oh, that's a good Still one. Still dark. <laughs> I need help. Okay. What? <laughs> What's your favorite role? Frosty, the snowman. What is your dream role? Oogie Boogie. What is your favorite candy? Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. <laughs> Dude, um, easily the best. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mr. Adway, for talking with us on the Ace Up Your Sleeve podcast. And until next time, I'm Riken Young. Remember, you always have a winning hand with an ace up your sleeve. Sure, sure, sure. The Ace Up Your Sleeve podcast is brought to you by the students of the Acting Company for Excellence at North Texas Performing Arts. This podcast was created by Riken Young with sound design and editing by Latham Young. Faculty supervision is provided by Hannah Brewer. NTPA is a nonprofit organization dedicated to developing the character of youth through quality performing arts education and family entertainment. Learn more about upcoming programs and events at ntpa.org.